0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Bobcast with you, as always, this Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. It is early morning on Saturday, and um, I wanted to get this out as soon as possible, because I feel like yesterday, Friday, what's the date yesterday, Friday the 18th, was such a phenomenal day for so many people in so many different places of the world for so many different reasons. We're going to talk about that today, obviously, if you haven't seen season two of The Mandalorian, you need to drop off right now because we're going to go into heavy spoilers. When I was deciding like you know, who I would bring on the show to talk about this, um, for me, a revival in the Star Wars franchise, I had to look no further than the, the catalog of guests and people that I've met over the years. I mean, the dude that I'm bringing on the show has his own Star Wars club, okay? With that being said, welcome back to the show, please. Boba Sweat, how are you, sir? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm fired up, dude. And you know what? Like, I imagine you're really fired up because... Oh. I mean, like, The Mandalorian Season 2 just wrapped, and, um, you know, let's just get right to it right off the bat, because this is what everybody's here to talk about this morning. Listen, <laughs> I want to get your, your like, like, what was your reaction? Like, I imagine you watched this yesterday, right? What was your reaction when you saw, and spoilers again, I'm not going to warn you no more, what was your reaction when you saw the huge MacGuffin at the end of Episode 8, Season 2?
1: My reaction was first of all, lots of screaming, lots of pounding, lots of howling between me, my daughter, my wife, and and again, they Star Wars has done it again. They're back. They connected generations, me with my eight-year-old daughter. Someone from my era popping in and saying, What's up? to someone, you know, to her era. Like The Mandalorian is the original trilogy that you and I grew up with. So it just felt so great that me and my daughter Sadie were, were, were connected again. That was a huge moment. And, and just, I, I had so many uh, guesses as to who this Jedi was going to be. I, I was way off. Uh, kudos to Disney for keeping
0: that one under wraps. I, no. Dude, how, I had no clue. how to interrupt you, but like how, okay, in today's spoiler culture, heavy, eccentric world, Ugh. how did they keep the biggest surprise literally in the entire universe? under wraps and they did it not only once they did it twice this year i didn't okay. know it was area dawson was going to be appearing on the show and um you know what to talk about what you were saying right there i mean like there is nothing greater than being able to connect with your child over something that meant a lot to you when you were a child and then to explain it to them it's like, like my my son you know he, he's four and he Two, you know, has been on this journey with me from The Mandalorian, and I'm going to be r- upfront with everybody. You know, I've been a casual Star Wars fan my entire life. I had my first experience with Star Wars was through HBO. I saw it on TV, and um, I, my mind was blown. But, like, for some reason, it didn't, you know, it didn't – I didn't go towards that. I was with, with He-Man – you know, but I saw how it affected people through culture and I saw how it affected my friends. And that's when I started to like pick up on it. Like, this is just more than a movie, you know, then the prequels come out. I was very, I was there opening night for the prequels because, you know, I was very excited to see like, oh, my God, episode one. Nobody's it. I think it was the first time we ever saw a prequel too, like a story before the story, you sure. know, and like whatever. But like, you know, I, I was really into Darth Maul. I was like, wow, this, I love villains. You know, I thought villains, you know, in the Star Wars galaxy have always been phenomenal. But when The Mandalorian came out, I don't know what it did to me, but it has, like, baptized me now as new, newly found, like, you know, like a born-again Star Wars fan, man, because I had that connection with my son. And I think that's the most important thing with Star Wars stories is that, you know, you can connect with other people, connect with your children. But, dude, when the, X, when the X-Wing shows up, right, did you know right away that it was him? No,
1: still not knowing – a hundred percent that that was Luke. Now, once you get the green lightsaber, I'm still like, is it maybe Quinlan Vos, who is like extended universe? Like, I- I'm still thinking. But then, you know, you-, you got the cape, and then you just saw like the chin. You, you saw the chin. Chin. Yeah. I'm like, that's it's- Luke. And then I think what finally gave it away was the the tribute to Rogue One. And if if you didn't notice that. That's a basic Control-C, Control-V right there. The end scene of Rogue One of Darth Darth Vader basically saying to those rebel troopers on the blockade runner, you can run, but you can't hide. And he just massacres them. Mm-hmm. That was the same exact scene, Rogue One, to this scene where Luke is just taking out those dark troopers like, now you can't leave. You know, and it was... It was awesome, just was to so see, cool. like, a father-son connection right there.
0: Oh, my God, dude. And then, you know... And the, the, I, have I, I have goosebumps. I have, I have goosebumps, goosebumps now. I mean, that's why I wanted to record it early. I usually don't record early morning on Saturdays, but, you know, I, I, I was just like, wow, there's so much... And then, like, I fell asleep last night watching YouTube reactions of people all over the world. Yeah. And it made me emotional. I, I, I You know, I, I saw, every like, how they reacted and, like... I mean, it, it's a huge deal, like, for people because it's, it's their childhood hero returning in the way that they remember. Because, well, you know, with Star Wars, obviously, you know, even this morning on Facebook, I saw people saying, we should erase J.J. Abrams' trilogy, and re- <laughs> and this is the new thing. It's like, well, you can't do that, you know, per se. But, like, I get it, and, like, I could feel that, that weight of the world, like, last night just being like, wow. Like, I mean, like, also, too, with, like, COVID, you know, 19, 2020 being such a drag I mean, what better, satisfying, completely fictional, imaginary thing can happen to us to alleviate tension and to rise our spirits? I, 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 I like when it happened when when the the X wing showed up, I knew, I knew, like I knew, I was like, oh my god, because like I like to me like I recognized the I recognized the ship. You know, like as soon as it was coming, I was like, oh my God, that can't be. And then when they ask, please identify yourself and there's no talking, I was like, oh my God, is that Luke Skywalker? Because I was engaged in a conversation with you two weeks ago thinking that it was going to be Mace Windu that showed up. I don't know why we never talked about Luke, just because it wasn't a possibility. What, like, When you finally see, I mean, first off, that Dark Trooper, I've been looking for a Dark Trooper toy all morning on eBay. It's hard to find. My son's obsessed with them. The Dark Troopers are awesome. When... Mando fights the dark trooper and you see that it's a challenge. It was such a great way to show the stakes are raising. And then when he vacuums them out into space, I was like, Oh, cool. But then when they came back, I was like, Oh shit, dude. Like it was a, like, I wonder, like, you know, I know and everybody's writing this stuff. Like I wonder though what it was like to be in that writer's room to say Luke Skywalker is going to board the ship and save the day, (laughs) man. Like I can't imagine. What were you saying, Sam? No, I was just saying that that moment where he sends
1: them out the vacuum, the airlock—way too easy. I, I, knew right that like, there's no way these things are basically like almost indestructible. They have rocket packs on their on their feet. You knew they were coming back. That that was just way you can't dispose of them that
0: easily. I love I love like all their functions and their utility. Like they have to be charged. Yep. I love that. Um, and also too, like I really, you know, one of the things that just popped in my mind is like, I really felt more of a connection towards Moth Gideon in this episode. It was great to see him have a little bit of, like, a character wiggle room there. Like, I, when he, like, made that speech up with Yoda, uh, baby, or excuse me, Grogu, when he's like, I just wanted to study his blood. I, he's very powerful, and he can restore order into the, universe, the galaxy. And I was like, wait a minute, is he a good guy? But, dude, when he, when he takes...
1: The dark saber,
0: Yeah, and when he wants to fight Mando, and, like, that, se- that whole sequence right there... Bishop. One of the best fight sequences ever, too. There's a lot of really close, tight shots that people like Christopher Nolan don't really know how to do yet. I watched Tenet the other night. I'll never watch it again. Sorry, for people out there who enjoy that film because it is nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense really. I guess it does, but whatever. That fight scene though, when the Darksaber goes into the wall and they're pushing through and like it's tight on Mando, dude, it was intense. My armpits are sweating. Yeah.
1: And and isn't Giancarlo Esposito? Isn't he
0: the master of the charming villain? He, he really he's is master of the charming villain. I think that that also too kind of works against him in a way because it's like you're familiar with him from Breaking Bad, obviously. Right. And other you know, like. Uh, but I felt like episode eight was the first time I didn't see you know um, him from Breaking Bad. I, I saw him as Moff Gideon, you know, and like. Sure. I also thought that his manipulation towards the end of the episode of being like, when he says like what did he say he was like oh you're gonna spare my life i I thought that was really cool you know like so star warsy too yeah immediately after this amazing sequence too and like first off like the choreography of the fight sequence for star wars fans everywhere it must have been the greatest thing ever just because i mean the way he moved using the force to bring things in and out when he got to that door and there's like this moment where like, you know, like Grogu looks at Mando and is like, yeah, he's, he's the dude, you know, he's gonna help me. My boy's here. Yeah. Yeah. My boy's here to help me. And the, 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 like, I had conflicting thoughts, to be honest with you. I mean, at first I was, I was blown away by it, but then I realized like, oh shit, he has to take Grogu. He has to take, he has to, he has to take Grogu. And he nails it really on the head when he says he doesn't know how to protect himself yet. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, like, the realization that, oh, my God, the two of them are, you know, they're going to be separated. Obviously, any time he takes off the mask, it's such a – it's so powerful, you know? And, like – Right. I was thinking, too, Sweat, like, you know, isn't it crazy that a show that we're so obsessed about kind of, like, juxtaposes our current reality with, like, our obsession with people not wearing masks or wearing a mask, and then all of a sudden, this galactic – Bounty hunter comes into our lives. I have never cared about a Star Wars character as much as I have cared about Dardinja. Like I the whole father thing, it just sucked me in, dude. Like it was like I, I I never felt that connection with another Star Wars character. Obviously when I was younger, yeah, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker, but like emotionally, as a dad, dude, oh I was gutted, man. When he took off the helmet and Grogu touched his face.
1: Yeah. Oh man, dude. I, I swore my wife was cutting onions in the kitchen.
0: Seriously. Yeah, and it's so funny, too, because, like, uh, we're all well enough. <laughs> I got a bunch of text messages from uh, from people last night, and they were all the same. They're all the same. I, I uh, All, like, uh, admitting to the fact that a grown man could cry over a fictional character well into their early 40s, you know, but I was talking to my wife about it this morning, and, like, it's really special that, like, something that doesn't exist that's a part of your imagination can make you feel emotion, because... I mean, the weather's real, right? You don't cry when it snows, but you cry when Luke Skywalker shows up to save the day. And that's like, it's, it's so important to me because it's, it's like storytelling. And that's why stories are so important in like, you know, fiction, books, literature, anything, comic books, you get invested in these characters and they become like family. The, the whole season though, like Mandalorian season two, I mean, these past eight weeks have been just awesome. I've loved every episode, you know? Um, obviously with, you know, episode eight being so phenomenal, looking back at this season, what were some of the moments to you that stood out as being, you know, like I know like how deep Star Wars runs with you. Sure. So, What were the moments that like just took you back and just being like, wow, like I can't believe I'm experiencing this joy, not in a movie theater, <laughs> but at home with my family on a streaming device.
1: Yeah, well let's not forget in that episode alone, What's up, Luke? And then out of nowhere, here comes R two D two. That was big.
0: Yes, dude. It was like, a double goosebumps. gut punch right there. There it is, goosebumps again. Like here comes R two. Such like, a double, double. I have goosebumps right now all over my body too. It could be, yeah. it could be a little bit. Yeah. But it was also too. Like it was such an emotional, like like you're dealing with the fact that Grogu's going to be leaving the Mando, and like you know, like also too. Even though you can't understand a word that the two are saying, R T and grogu you don't understand anything but you understand that grogu like i i remember as a child one time like ikea was built at the mall and they had this like massive ball pit right and my parents were like well you're gonna go play in the ball pit bob it's gonna be great and i was scared man i was holding my dad's leg you know like grogu was holding mando's like like, i don't want to go and like you know like what is he he says um don't be afraid just you know like the whole idea of like letting go yeah and 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 to like to, to move on you know and, like, you know, like, there's always these moments where, like, as a child, you're like, well, I guess I got to do it. But it'd be nice to have some extra emotional support. What better way to add extra emotional support than having RTD2 walk into the room? You don't understand what he's saying, but you know from the body language and, like, the shaking that they're establishing a connection. It's so powerful,
1: man. Yeah, R2 was basically saying, hey, this is my boy. You can trust him. You're in good hands. We'll take it from here. It Dude. was great. But just to uh, go back to your original question yeah. about this season, like I can give you my moments, but I I have to go back and watch the season again just to put them in some kind of hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, that being said, um, obviously the return of Ahsoka, uh, it, it it had been discussed, it had been talked about, there had been rumors. The fans wanted Rosario Dawson. It was very cool to see Disney meaning. John Favreau and Dave Filoni make an educated decision to give the fans what they wanted and realizing what a great fit for that particular character. Um, because let's be honest, sometimes what the fans want is not always what's best for business. Um, you know, it, it could just be like a, a knee-jerk reaction. Whereas, you know, if, if John Favreau and Dave Filoni say that, hey, we have a vision, just trust us, go, go on this trip with us, I'm with you. So Ahsoka is a big one. The next one, um, obviously, uh, Luke's appearance last night and R2, uh, just 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 amazing. And again, I love the mirroring of Luke and his dad. Um, The introduction of the Mandalorians, bringing in Bo Katan and um, her two uh, uh, fellow Mandalorians. They're actually called the Night Owls, and the one's name is um, Axe uh Tours, I think, and uh the other one, uh the female uh played by um Mercedes Vernado who is actually Sasha Banks in WWE who's one of my daughter's favorite wrestlers, uh she she's she did a great job for no experience. Uh her name is Costca Reeves and just the reintroduction, if you followed the Clone Wars, if you followed Rebels, uh their lineage, their family history is so important to the arcing um, storyline and then finally i will say what number one is for me i I do know what number one is and you're like what do you it's not luke no not for me look at my namesake the redemption of boba fett yeah i mean who who would have thought like you know in in wrestling you would call that a face turn you go from a heel to a baby face it's it's what we wanted all the time i remember um, playing with my friends in elementary school at recess and we would pretend Star Wars and we were going down chutes for the sliding board and that was escaping from the Death Star or whatever. And we, out of nowhere, we came up with this fan fiction that, oh, you didn't know this? Uh, yeah, Bo- Boba Fett and Han Solo are brothers or, or, oh, did you know he was Luke's cousin? And we, let's be honest, when you think of coolest looking character up until the Ma- Mandalorians created Boba Fett's got to be one of the most iconic, coolest looking characters. We, we so wanted him as kids to be a good guy. And with the fans, he's that marginal character that we can't let go of. He's got three, li- three four lines in the whole original trilogy. And people, look behind me. People will not let go of him. And uh, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing. So I think for me personally, the redemption of Boba Fett and now, if you stayed after the credits,
0: uh, yeah, you so see I mean, that's, that, really, that's, that's opened up a whole
1: too. new book. No so pun intended. So, that's why I wanted to
0: ask you because I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, obviously, um, you know, that's the job of the hut gang, you know, the and uh, what's the character's name that was in the post credit scene? He was from he gained weight too, which was cool that he's gained, oh, yeah, weight uh, yeah,
1: bit his name's Bib Fortuna. And yeah. he kind of took on the role of the new Jabba,
0: and he, he did caught- gain weight, though, right? He bulked
1: up, he bulked up a little bit. We're not, but we're not going to body shame here, Bob. We're, not, we're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, it's okay. But so, <laughs> like, here's my, here's my thing, and like you know, like right now, I know a lot of his people tentacle are- got fat. He did, yeah. <laughs> and it was great. It looked really cool. Yeah. Here's my question, though, because I'm a little, I'm a little flummoxed. I don't know what's going on. The internet doesn't know what's going on. Season three is the focus now. Switching to Fet? Is it going to be? That like is it the Mandalorian like a show where it doesn't follow, like it just follows different Mandalor like nobody knows what's going on. Right, I, and I like that. Like see a Fett you know spin-off show because it seems like that could be a great idea, but like I don't I, I guess what everybody's going through right now is like they want to know when they're going to see Mando and Grogu again. Right. Thoughts on that? that also too conflict with like I was texting with uh, Ian Reed who's on another Star Wars fan and. Um, you know, the last thing he said to me, and I'm going to read it to you. Um, like, I was asking him, like, so what's going on with, you know, like, season three? What's, like, so Mando's, I say, so Mando's story isn't season three. So many confusing reports online. Um, it says, not sure, but seems like it's focused on Fett next season. And then he says something about, like, like, I was always curious, too. Like, okay, so if Grogu's not going to be in season three, where is Grogu? Then I started thinking about where he's going. So he, is he going right now with Luke and R2 to the Jedi school that eventually has Ben Solo in it that he destroys? Is that what's going on?
1: I mean, I think that's what you have to assume, or maybe this is the beginning of the foundation that maybe Luke decides, hey, I've trained this kid. Why not start my own you know, dojo, if we want to call it that? And, and maybe, because obviously, that's going to have to happen a ways later uh, for Ben Solo, because in that one scene in uh, The Abomination, that is The Last Jedi, where Luke goes to slaughter younglings in their sleep, uh, Ben Solo's face, he looks like he can't be any younger than 17 there, I would say. He okay. looks really, really young. So maybe maybe Grogu gives Luke the inspiration that, wow, I'm doing some good work, and then that goes to that. But I have the same question that you do, which is, um, it said December 2021, and what I had read before was, Season three of Mando is coming December, 2021. Are they going to be simultaneous? Or, or, I'm sorry. Are they going to run concurrently? Are they going to be two seasons like parallel to each other? Is Boba the new protagonist of yeah. Mando season three? Uh, I, I don't know how it all shakes out, but man, I mean, the possibilities are so cool because I mean, if you told me that there would be, a series, even if it's a mini series <laughs> where Boba Fett is the protagonist playing the part of the mob boss, like the king of the underworld. I, I got him again, Bob. I got the goosebumps. There that's, they are. Like, who would not watch that? We like when the Joker, the, the movie Joker showed us it's or and, and Venom to a certain degree. He's more of an antihero, but like, it's kind of cool to follow the way of like the bad guy or 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 the in between guy. You know what I mean? Like I want
0: to see the mob boss as the protagonist. I would love it. I you know like you just made me think of something too, and it's like you know excuse me as I get myself a cup of coffee here on Saturday morning oh, right. um, that's- live on the podcast yeah, chatting about Mandalorian season two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know I mean like here's here's something that like I I felt last night without a doubt right. So like Star Wars is so important to people and. I don't think I've ever had a moment like that with, I mean, I love Batman, you know, and like there's just talk right now that Michael Keaton's going to come back as Batman. I don't know if the DC comics could do what Lucasfilm did last night. I really don't. I really, you know, I mean, like, I just, I don't know what it is about Favreau and this guy Filoni, the way that they, like just the whole sequence of it. It happened so organically last night that you didn't even question it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's really good storytelling where you're not like, well, you know, it should be this way, you know? But, dude, if he becomes, if that becomes the, uh, you know, the mob boss, there's so many stories you can tell on the underground of, like, the Star Wars Galaxy 2 as well. And then we have, like, all these other shows coming out too as well. You got Rogue Squadron, right? Like, the yeah. other ones coming. Yeah.
1: like Bad Batch, be- <laughs> so many. And um, what what's great about Boba Fett is he does make the perfect mob boss in a sense that, um, you know, he, he's... Morally ambiguous. He works in that gray area, but at the same time, he does have a code of honor. I mean, you saw yeah. that. We we are not going to abandon you, Mando or Din. We're not gonna abandon you until you're back with this kid.
0: Yeah. Like That's he great. Does
1: have, and and by the way, isn't that like what's best about some of the mob movie mob movies? It's not just some senseless act of brutality or killing. They do have a code of honor and they yep. do look out for each other if you take care of each other. So I I think that's just really intriguing. And then um, the other thing though, that I think needs to be discussed for a potential season three plot is okay. So we have Bo-Katan who she was ready to be the heir apparent to bring back the Mandalorians. And then you have Din who inadvertently won, you know, um, the dark saber and you could see the look in her eyes like dude i liked you but uh n- n- now now i think i might have to take you out and, yeah. and by the way katie sackhoff if you're familiar with her work in battle star she's she's amazing and she is she, she's just perfect for this role she also did the voice work for this role in clone wars and rebels oh i didn't uh, know that
0: that's so she's the same actress performing. On the the two um, other series as well, Voice. Again,
1: And that's the beauty of Dave Filoni. Um, you know, choosing where listening to the fans is the right call. Katie Sackhoff's awesome. I mean that that's that that is probably one of the best. That between her and Rosario Dawson, I mean, great acquisitions for. Great. Um,
0: yeah, she was. Power- a, Rosario Dawson was very effective. That that episode to me was just. First off, seeing Michael Bean back in the Action Two perform, you know, like I always loved him in Aliens. Terminator. There So many the great moments. I mean, like this season two as well. I mean, like Timothy Olyphant who who portrayed the sheriff. Yeah. in the episode one. My son and I must have watched that episode five six times. Like it was. Yeah, so I hard. wanted to hate him in the beginning. I'm like, by the end, you're like, he's a good dude. At he's first, I was dude. like, yeah,
1: dude, get Boba's armor off now. What? And so then,
0: like, you're yeah. a huge, yeah, you're a huge like Fett fan. So like, what was it like when he when when, when uh, like you know it seems. Fett's walking into the bar, but his body looks so different, you know, like here I go body shaming again on the podcast. Terrible. But to me, I was like, wait, that ain't fat. Who is that? I love the fact that they did that too, because it was such a great story plot device. You know what I mean? Like where did he get it? You know? And like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I,
1: some people are body shaming uh, Tamira Morrison because he's like, dude's gotta be, I think, late 50s? Now, yeah, And
0: he's a much bulkier Boba Fett now. Well, dude, like, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good, good with it. that, too, because, like, you know, with bulk comes force, okay? And also, too, yeah. I mean, like, they easily could have done something that, you know, a lot, there's a lot of uh, online banter about whether Pedro Pascal's in the suit or not, right? And, I mean, I read, you know, the, he, he, you know, squashed the rumors a few days ago and said, basically, like, look, we've talked about this since the beginning. We understood the importance of him keeping the helmet on. I'm it. Sure. Cool. Yeah. But, I mean, like, and like, it was such a, like, a. I, I couldn't believe that, like, um, like, like I, they easily could have had Fett just had, like, you know, stunt guy in that suit. But, no, they put him in there, and you feel his presence in that suit. And it's so cool because, I mean, like, I went back and, like, I, I researched the whole Fett, like, mythology and, like, how, like, you know, there's conflicting reports within the Star Wars fans if he's a, a clone or not. And, like, I love how, like, they kind of, like, cohesively were, like, No, this is who he is, and this is what he's doing now. Right. And, you know, I mean, I remember, like, after, like, when I first saw, like, he he appears, I guess, at the end of whatever episode that was. He was, like, up on the dune looking down. I was like, wait a minute. Is that? That was the end of episode one of this season. Of this season. So he's been lurking in the background for a while. Because he saw his armor. Dude, so, so, so powerful. But, I mean, Star Wars fans, I mean, they have to be so incredibly happy on this Saturday morning because, I mean, the I cool mean, like, I, take, I mean, also, too, like a lot, people, <laughs> a lot of people are saying, you know, like, well, Luke's face, like the Reface app or whatever. The first time I watched it, I was not watching Luke. I was watching the computer of Luke. But then I watched it again this morning with my son, and I just watched it to watch it. And, like, there's some great sequences there. And, I, and, then, and then I went immediately onto my Twitter, and I checked out uh, Mark Hamill's post. Did you see his post uh, last night? I did not. Has seen anything good on TV lately? <laughs> yeah, because I mean,
1: he, he finally feels good about the product again, and yes. that's the thing. I mean, here's the thing: the Last Jedi, which you and I have talked about so much, it is it for me personally, it is just the worst thing that that's you know it ever happened in movie history. It's so bad, but I will not argue that that is a beautifully shot movie. It is like beautiful to look at. Yes, some I would agree with scenes, that too. Some
0: the, of those... the, the tones of red and everything, like.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna take that away from that ever, just like how polished that thing is. But for me, it ends there. And, and yeah, you can, you can say whatever you want about the technology of Luke's face, but man, th- this, this is like the, the uh, juxtaposition of that. It, it's, it's just, if the writing's good, if the plot's good, yep. if you believe in the characters, if what they're doing is making sense for what they would do, you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Like I, the the one criticism I heard of this season was, uh, I there were a couple episodes that came in under thirty minutes if you take the credits out and everything. You know what? The, you know I'm a teacher, right? And and sometimes kids will give me twenty six pages worth of writing but only like two pages worth of content that they can use just, and and I will say to them, listen, quality, not quantity, say what needs to be said and then just end it there. And, and I love that direction where it's so clear. It's so concise. Everything has a purpose. I thought in episode, I'm sorry. In season one, there was just one episode where I was like, yeah, that was just like, kind of like filler fluffy to me where uh, Cara Dune, Uh, she, they, they helped rescue that group of people against the, you know, the ATSP, but it just felt like very fluffy and just shoved in out of nowhere. And then the next week they were back to business. There was none of that this season. No, it was great.
0: And 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 the plot was easy to, I mean, like, you know, it's easy to follow too. It's easy for a four year old and a four year old to follow. And like, there's not a lot of content like that. That's, you know, I mean, I can't watch any of the Batman films with my son yet. They're too violent. Yeah. I, don't know, I guess, like in a way, like Star Wars is violent, but I mean, like my son said to me like the other day, like you know, when somebody got shot, like is he dead? I'm like, no, just sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, God, meanwhile,
1: man. meanwhile, that one scene uh, in the beginning of last night's episode, where the um, Imperial shuttle pilot is holding Doctor Pershing, hostage. dude, that guy,
0: that guy was killer, man. Who is that kid? I
1: didn't even. get I, to- I don't know, but he was good. He had that same <laughs> like quiet intensity as that uh, officer from last week's episode at the table where they're all talking. Yep. And it's just really showing you that based on what side you're on, if you're on our side, you're a freedom fighter. And and in his eyes, he was protecting order in the Empire. Whereas, you know, if you're a rebel and you saw it in Cara Dune's eyes, Cara just shot it, shot him right in the face. Yeah. but. And, mm-hmm. and she's considered one of the good guys. So what a statement about war in general. It,
0: it, I, I agree 100% with you, too. There's a lot of, um, there's a, like an underlying theme, too, this season with uh, PTSD. You know what I mean? Like experiencing this, this massive war, the Death Star, Mayfeld did a wonderful job. I love Bill Burr. And like Bill Burr has publicly talked shit on uh, Star Wars before. And, and I don't know what it was about him. And Philadelphia, becoming- Bob. And Philly. I've watched that rant. I listen to it. his Monday morning podcasts all the time. We won't go into any details because we're trying to keep this podcast PG-13. But, um, like, uh, Bill's performance is Mayfeld. I, I connected with it so so much because it was, like, I felt like, you know, like a lot of times with this kind of stuff, like, you, like if you're just a casual fan or you're a fan or whatever, sometimes you can get shamed. I was, like, recently I got shamed for liking Star Wars and not knowing everything about it. But, like, I also had that happen once with Batman. And it's weird how people – cling on to these ideologies as if they've created them themselves. But regardless, I guess that happens with religion too, in in a way. Like if somebody's obsessed with Jesus, that's all they talk about. You know what I mean? So I get it. And Star Wars really is, it's like a religious tissue in a way. Whereas I don't feel like Batman ever made it into spirituality. You know what I mean? Batman was like, for me, it's still an iconic thing, but it didn't feel like it was spiritual. You know, like something about Star Wars... It makes people feel emotion that's so raw and like, you know, you're like this morning my son said to me, he's like, Well, I want to know more about Luke. I was like, Well now we can finally go back and watch, you know, the the original trilogy and like we I popped it on this morning and he's like, Oh, I recognize them, I recognize that and like he's so into it and it's like it's so crazy that something that was made what, what was it, forty five how many years ago did the first one come out? Seventy seven. Seventy seven, right? I mean yeah, like the 43 technology years. wasn't there there was no chance of doing a reface or a CGI thing in 1977. It's all practical, you know? And like this guy, George Lucas just comes up with this one idea, you know, that like just transcends throughout the entire planet earth, you know, like it's just amazing really. And it's like, I'm so happy to like to now like fully understand, like I I felt that way. And we did a podcast. You can go back and listen. Um, This is the second time you've been on the show talking about star Wars, the force awakens. I was very I was taken back by it. I saw a 10 a.m. screening of it by myself with a bunch of families. I wasn't a father yet. I remember that overall feeling, mm-hmm. and then that feeling was quickly squashed when the last Jedi came out, Ooh. and then the last film, which I think was just released a year ago, yeah, this weekend, right? Am I? Am I? Yeah. Correct?
1: No, you're. You're right. It, it was. Uh, it was right before Christmas. It was right,
0: and like so many people, you know. Um, I was teaching at the time uh, when that film came. out. Oh, that, was that, that had to be two years ago, right? No, The Last Jedi came out when I was teaching. And I remember uh, seeing a huge Star Wars parent come in. Shout out Peter. Uh, Peter came in and I was like, well, what'd you think? And it looked to me like he had had to take his dog out to the back of the yard and, and put the dog down at night. Like he was so oh, upset yeah. with it. And I love the fact that something can, can like really like, you know, shake the fans up and then like, you can be redeemed. You know what I mean? Like you could, I didn't think it was possible, Bob. I, yeah, I and you know what? A lot of people didn't. A lot of people. I mean, didn't. you you
1: know, I I have a pretty decent collection, and I I had been just a lot of stuff being gifts that were given to me from my students and everything, and just like all these this awesome just collection of things that I have from my clubs over the years. Mm-hmm. Dude, I just started raffling them off for charity. I'm like, I'm done with Star Wars. I mean, so I guess it's good that the money went to a good place. I didn't get rid of all my stuff, but I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Like Ryan Johnson killed this for me. Yeah. And and oh my gosh, here comes John Favreau and <laughs> Dave Filoni just doing their thing. And Bob, this is I, I I'm I'm gonna say it. This is just for me. I'm gonna anoint John Favreau. I think he is the new Steven Spielberg. For this oh, generation, for this That's era, true. everything he touches is is just so wonderful and just connects with people. And uh, just the team up with him and Filoni, it's it, it's just it's it's wonderful. I didn't think Star Wars could be brought back. I, I mean, because right after the Last Jedi, it was um, you know now we're going to give Ryan Johnson his own trilogy, and and then take it away. You know, it just got yeah. bad. And then they made it into a political statement, which, you know, I love that you brought up the fact, you know, the commentary on masks, you know, yeah. with, with Mandalorian. And, um, but then they were saying, I, I think Kathleen Kennedy, who, you know, she's in charge for now. I think her commentary was, well, if you don't like The Last Jedi, or if you don't like The Force Awakens, that means you can't accept a female character. First of all, let's be honest. Leia is iconic. Carrie Fisher as Leia was iconic. And if you watched last night's episode, most of the ass kicking was done by the females. That four, four woman squad that they had going out between the sharpshooter Fennec and Bo-Katan and Casca. And you know what I mean? And, and their crew and, and obviously Cara Dune, I better give her a shout out. I'd hate Gina Carano to come out here and destroy me. Yeah. But um, yeah, just if you didn't see empowered women there, as I watched my eight-year-old daughter, what, like she, her eyes? Like these girls are kicking some serious butt. Give us more of that and less Rose Tico. Like I don't, I don't need that. Give me, give me that. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: Yeah, man, she really got cut out of that third film. I mean, like that was amazing. That, that I was cracking up. Yeah, it's the the battle she had to go do secretary stuff. That was so bad. <laughs> so I, I recently I tried <laughs> rewatching it. You know, and like. I went back and actually listened to the podcast we did with the Force Awakens, and when it first came out, I was completely enamored by Ky- Kylo Ren. I was like, "Wow, he's a great villain." That uh, introduction scene in the Force Awakens, where you know he's stopping, yeah. you know, like I was like, "Oh, this is cool." You know, like Adam Driver's great. Adam he, Driver's he's great. a great actor, and like Absolutely. slowly and surely, his like he's great in Force Awakens, and then it's just. Psh- drop-off the whole time. And that's like, not I mean, not the fault of the actor. Not the fault of the actor. Oh, father. of course not. What I think Adam Driver, with the right script, really could have delivered, you know, a very empowering, you know, Ben Solo performance. You know what I mean? Like, also, too, I mean, you know, faced with, the, you know, having to take out your dad. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much stuff there. And, like, he was great in the marriage story. And, like, I don't think it's his fault. And also, too, with, I was thinking about Daisy Ridley, too. And, like, it's funny how you, you, you mentioned, like, last night's episode and how, you know, that empowerment comes out of... Um, you know that squad I, you know i i felt like daisy ridley she just never got a chance to to be that powerful in that that trilogy it was always like we don't know who she is is she with palpatine like is she with the emperor is she with them who it? like it never i never could could like emotionally invest with her if that makes I, any sense
1: not the and again i'm going to say not the fault of the actress at all i thought I thought she had this like innocence about her in the force awakens. You know, you saw, she lived in poverty. Like, I'm like, wow, what an easy kid to root for. So I actually, I don't, I don't have, I don't take issue with Daisy Ridley either. I think she and Adam driver, I honestly feel like they did the best they could with what they were given. Um, And I know we're walking off the beaten path of uh, Mando, but my inter, my take on, the sequel trilogy is this. I thought J.J. did a nice job. I really did with the Force Awakens. I thought he did a nice job. I thought Rogue One was phenomenal. It was. It was. It was. It was like, um, you know, three hundred, but you know, in the star, in the Star Wars galaxy. And I love that they didn't give it a happy ending at the end. I, yeah. I love that they didn't tie it up in a little bow at the end to make you feel good. Yeah, there was that little cameo by. Leia at the end, but the damage had been done, the sacrifice had been made, that was phenomenal and I forget who directed that one the same guy who did Godzilla, I want to say Gareth Edwards? Gareth Edwards, yeah yeah, yeah. that was awesome Solo,
0: I actually did not mind, nobody I, actually, I just watched Solo um, this week yeah. with Tyler it was and fun. I gotta be honest I, like, the Wookiee scene, like you know when Chibot- yeah. I loved that scene, I thought that was great like him coming out of the cave Yeah, you know, this friendly creature that you grew up with being introduced in a, such a, you know, malicious, feminine way. I was like, oh, this is great, you know? And, like, I, I really feel like the kid didn't get a chance. What was the actor's name
1: that tried to perform? Emmerich? Something? Like, something Emmerich? I forget. Well, my thing, Bob, is, like, again, that that for me was casting. That kid did a good job. Good job. Yeah. I just wish the tech, and I know it's, like, a gajillion dollars, but the technology that they used to bring Luke back I wish they could have done that for Harrison Ford because, you know, I could, I struggled with wrapping my head around the fact that Harrison Ford is probably like 6'2", and that kid maybe comes up to Harrison Ford's army. <laughs> yeah, kick. you were right on that probably, one. I didn't think of that. Probably like 5'6", on the best day of his life.
0: But I, um, I that movie it. Was, it was fun. That movie was whole, fun. His whole like, thing of, I want to be a pilot, and like, I, I identified with that. That was cool. I mean... Also, too, I really like Ron Howard. He came on, and um, I just listened to him on a podcast. Yeah, you uh, not like? Shout him. out the Smart podcast, one of my new favorite podcasts, mm-hmm. hosted by um, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. They had Ron Howard on. He was talking about okay. Star Wars, and you know, they all agreed that they loved Solo, and Solo just didn't resonate with the audience. I think it was released at a weird time, and I think it's because it wasn't him, Bob.
1: It wasn't yeah. Harrison Ford, and again, it was the movie that no one asked for at the time and people were still still salty after the last jedi there was still they i think if last jedi had been a hit i think solo would have done well last jedi was so polarizing it was so polarizing it kind of reflected our country a little bit and uh, i think i think it got caught in the wake of that but anyway back to uh the sequels i think JD, jj did a fine job i thought the two solo effort i'm sorry Star Wars story Story. efforts Mm -hmm. off to the side. One was amazing. The other one was a lot of fun. The last Jedi was so awful in so many ways and did so many things to kill stories and kill characters. And it was not respectful of the source material. And then I think it was like, okay, JJ, listen, we're going to give you two hours. You know what? We'll give you two hours and 10 minutes. Fix everything that just happened. That is. No one can do that. There was so yeah. much irreparable damage. I think JJ tried his best, yeah. but the damage was just, was just too, too, too great for him to fix in two hours.
0: You know, it's something you just as you were talking, I started to like think like at this specific time when the Last Jedi comes out, the deconstruction of iconic characters was rampant. I mean, look at Batman versus Superman, a film I loathe, and. I don't really talk about it much because I don't want to take it away from other people's experiences because they like it, but Batman and Superman in that film are not Batman and Superman. They're more or less like WWF fighters who want to fight each other. Case in point, do you bleed? You will? Like, completely out of character. I was so upset with it. Get in the ring, brother. Oh, dude, it was so bad. It made no sense, too. Why would Superman be fighting? Like, it... Dumb. Lex Luthor taking his mom. Dude, Superman could have found his mom and jumped into that room real quick, saved the day, there's no ending, Doomsday never gets released, whatever. But with Star Wars, like, you mess with people's, like, religion, (laughs) you mess with something so sacred, too. And, like, Mark Hamill, I mean, like, what a redeeming factor for Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 8, for him, to not only just come back as a, like, he came back as, he came back in his prime. One of the things that Ian Reed texted me, too, was, like, he was so excited because it was the first time he ever got a chance to see Luke in true, true Jedi action, you know, like using all of his powers. Yeah, he was wrecking. He was wrecking, wrecking dude.
1: Wrecking. When, he goes,
0: when he's in that one utility room with the large boxes and he's pushing them against the wall, it's like, oh, man, dude, like I got goosebumps, man, you know? And like what the, the one scene, too, like when he comes in and you just see his arm with the lightsaber and like the way he's holding it, yeah. it really got his body language down too you know like of like i know like i forget the guy's name that was the stand in double but like i love the idea too of him wearing that cloak i've never actually wanted to own a cloak more than last night when i saw the cloak i was like oh dude i would probably look pretty good in that you know like when he's coming down in the security cam too also the security cam thing let's talk about this real quick this happens a lot in film this happens a lot where you are watching something through the lens of something else. Case in point, first Godzilla. You don't even see Godzilla, that Gareth Edwards film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see Godzilla through TV. Also with Batman vs Superman, you would see Batman dropping in on security cameras. I never felt it worked well. But for episode eight, this mysterious figure coming through this ship, it, it, it was such a good... Like, like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, I would have loved to been in the writer's room when they crack this, you know what I mean? Did, did he know this two years ago, Favreau, you think like, like we're going to introduce this character called the child. And eventually the child is going to become Luke's first student. Like, dude, <laughs> you know, why is it? I just wish that I was in that room. man. you know what I mean? Like, cause you're really course correcting so many people into becoming true, true star Wars fans again.
1: No, I agree. I agree. And uh, again, it was noisy in our house last night. It, I mean, the walls were shaking, we were literally screaming, the sound bar under the TV with every stroke of the lightsaber, mm-hmm. and just, it's so, so good. So good. Yeah, right? And, um, it's, it's amazing, you know? It's, it's, it's a great, it's so funny, because I, I took our dog out for a walk right after we got we had gotten done uh, watching it, and I saw my neighbor, and she's like, hey, Mr. Sweat, how you doing today? I'm like, I am so good right now. I'm <laughs> so Like, I'm just like giddy, like, it's just like, just happy. And, and again, Bob, I think they accomplished their mission and not, I I don't want to get political, but just again, for 45 minutes last night, there was no pandemic. There was no COVID. I felt like a kid and I felt like a kid with my family. And if these guys are doing that and girls, uh, mission accomplished.
0: Yeah, man. They really, I mean, they hit it out of the park. I mean, I don't think I've, i watched the scene so many, I, I watched it like three times last night. This morning we watched the whole episode again. I'm probably going to watch it again now after we wrap this podcast because I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment. And also too, it's like, it's so special to me too. Cause it's like, I, I like, I, I make these things up in my mind called masterpiece memories, right? Like I take these visual snapshots because you could take a photograph, you could post something on Facebook, you could do all these things. But like when you're a parent, a photograph sometimes doesn't really capture what you're feeling in that moment. And like this whole thing with like, you know, this is my first um, foray into the world of fantasy with my son. And I will never forget that for the rest of my life, you know. It, it, and like, you know, as a b- lifelong Batman fan, I always thought it would be Batman that he connected with. But I was elated that it was this character called The Child who eventually became Grogu and, like, the whole, like, story of, like, father, son, father, daughter, you know what I mean? Just having siblings and or, like, it's just special, you know? And, like, I don't think I've ever felt that way after, like, a Batman film, really. I've never felt emotional, you know? And, like, so good. So good for, like, you know, Mark Hamill, too. Like, he's got to be on cloud nine right now. What do you think he's doing at 1048 on December 19th right now, man? He's probably just leaning
1: up. Snow. I think he's out in the snow doing, like, in his robe. in yeah. His, yeah. <laughs> his Jedi robe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he's doing. Um, finally, you did right by my character after me taking it on the chin and being embarrassed publicly for about almost five years now. And and yeah. him saying, in, and, and you know what, Mark Hamill's such a, he, he's such like a, 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 a good, classy dude because he could have been way worse about this whole thing with what happened to a character that he loved so much, the character that, you know, made him at least live action on screen. We can go on and on about his voice work, but Mark cares about the fans of, of, of this whole entire universe. And he really, really does. And um, I appreciate that he picks his, his moments and uh, he, he, he's so classy. And he really cares about the product, and I love that. Just like Boba Fett, he got his redemption. It's yeah. it's such a great such a great story, um, and and I think uh, like you said,
0: you're you're basically converted. You're a new convert. Like, well, yeah, well, I mean, welcome, I've welcome always understood it, you know, it. and like I I just always was fascinated by it, and like now I get it more than ever. You know, I mean, like and it's such a it's such a cool story for kids too because it's like like okay so like you know before like i watched the episode last night like i was like i went online earlier in the day and i was like christ i'm gonna have to stay offline all day now because i'm starting to see these posts on facebook and i didn't you know i'm so thankful too that i didn't have this moment spoiled you know yeah I imagine That's a lot I of people had
1: it so,
0: yeah i imagine a lot of people had it spoiled you know because they, they they go on youtube and youtube it's like a screenshot of oh. Talking to them out on it.
1: I call them out on it. I I'm just like, why are you doing this so soon? At least at least let it marinate for a week. I mean, yeah.
0: after, I mean, a, I post after this, a week, like it'll just be a picture of Mando and uh, you know and Grogu. I'm not going to post like loot, you know. What I mean, I wouldn't want to take that away from people. And I've had that happen so many times with things. Yeah, especially in today's culture. I mean, with the Marvel movies, especially. I mean, like God, like so many things spoiled. We're like, really, dude. Um. But, like, to to have it organically happen, too. And also, like, Disney, man, you're just killing it, dude. Disney, like, the fact that you kept this under wraps and it wasn't on any of the websites that I constantly read daily, you know what I mean, like these spoiler websites and stuff like that, like, I just couldn't believe that it was actually happening in it. And, like, the, the merging of the two stories together was done so well. And, like, you know, like, there's, like, one moment, too, where, like – um you know, uh, Grogu's like having a conversation with R2 and they're starting to like become familiar with each other. And there's this great moment where Luke looks up at Mando and like, his, they don't share any dialogue, but it's just like, see, it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like when you drop your kid off at like nursery school or whatever, you know, and you're like, please take care of my son, you know, daughter or whatever. It was such a great moment, man. And like, I'm so happy that people are feeling good again about Star Wars, you know? And like, like you said too, COVID didn't exist pandemic didn't exist you know what i mean like and it was just a great escape last night to just not think about anything except that you know
1: it was wonderful like so happy right now all all is well with the universe again um and it's true and, and also and too, now, i mean like now we're in for the ride
0: we're in for the ride uh before we wrap i just want to say yeah, i was totally stoked that you came on the show um years ago when we did work together and i found out that you had this you know star Wars club. I was like, wow, this is so great for kids. And I remember one time, like, I didn't have that that uh, period with you or that activity period with you. Oh, yeah. I remember one time I came in. Or actually, it was the first time I came into the Star Wars Club. And, you know, I think that you were in. You were actually watching gameplay, I think, from one of the games that had just came out, like, on YouTube or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, when I walked in, I saw, the, you know, kids, you know, all sitting there, you know, boys and girls, you know, and like everybody was just so happy to be involved with something that meant so much with them, with an adult who also shared the same knowledge and like, you know, I mean, that's so important to like, to share that with kids. So I just want to say like, you know, I never forgot that. And, you know, I felt that last night too. I was like, as that scene happened, I thought of all the stories that people have told me about Star Wars over the years, and like how much it emotionally affects people. And I was like, "Damn, dude, I can't, I can't imagine what Sam's doing right now." But I could feel it, you know, like the Force was all around me last night. <laughs> you know, like I was like, "Oh man, there's so many people happy right now," you know, and
1: like yeah, and 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 what makes it special is, uh, you know, on, on a kid's level, it's not, and, and you you knew this firsthand. It's never what it's portrayed to be in movies today, you know, it's always like, you know, the, 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 the kids who are the outcast, the kids who are on the outside looking in, uh, you know, with, with, with these little clubs and activities. Uh, when you would go in, it would be some of the kids that I coached with football, it would be um, different ethnicities, uh, different genders. Uh, but, you know, that, that's, uh, what, about 11 years ago that you and I worked together? Now I would say obviously pre pandemic, but now some of my clubs, uh, the the girls are uh more than half. That's more than awesome. half. Maybe maybe uh three quarters. And and I think that's great. And it's you know, because it's always like, well, you know, these kids are on the outside looking in. No, it's you know, kids who normally wouldn't sit together at lunch, they're having discourse, they're having dialogue, they're talking with each other, they're they're debating plot points you know what i yeah, mean not, they it, find it, yeah. out that they have a lot of favorite characters in common and, and that that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of this whole thing it's not to make the kid well obviously that's great that kids who feel like they're on the, on the outside looking in they have a place to feel safe which is priority number one but man when these kids realize that they have all this stuff in common and they come from these different cliques or socioeconomic backgrounds And then you find out that they graduate from high school and these kids are still friends. If that's not
0: a win, I don't know what is. That's the the greatest win too. And it's like it's kind of like like what you're just describing right there is kind of like how society should be. You can you can always come together and have discourse about things and talk about things together. I mean like we've become a society now where it's like you're in that corner, I'm in that corner, and I don't know how to meet you in the middle no more. And when you have common ground like Star Wars, it's easier to have a conversation. You know what I mean? It's easier to have a conversation with people, and I really believe, you know, I mean, the, the greatest lesson about Star Wars to me is that it can bring people together from all over the galaxy. Now we live in planet Earth. I mean, I obviously there's aliens out there. I mean, like this year oh, we announced oh. that there was aliens. Nobody talked about it too, by the way, which really upset me because I grew up sci-fi in the '80s, and like the CIA, you know, they basically say, "Oh, UFOs are real," but uh, what's next in the news? You know what I mean? Like whatever. But I just think it's so special that people can come together and feel emotion over something that doesn't exist in this physical plane. You know, like any time that like a character or, you know, a story resonates with people, like, it's like real magic. It's like real imagination. You know what I mean? Like your imagination, your creativity. And like, we kind of like, we kind of dull those senses as we get older, you know? And like a lot of adults that I'm around, they don't want to be in touch with that type of um, playful, you know, emotion inside of them, you know, they they lose touch with their, their childhood heroes and stuff like that. And like, hopefully last night, many of those same people have now been converted. Like I am, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm, I'm probably going to watch the original trilogy with my son this weekend and just like, you know, cause he's obsessed with Luke now, which is just insane. Cause my first experience with Luke was him trying to get out of like a, a trash room. I never forget turning on HBO and like being like, what is this room of trash? And they're all trying to get out. And there's this creature under, like it was always the scene that I turned on on HBO. Trash compactor. Dude, I love that sequence so much. Anytime that I'm stuck somewhere, I'm like, damn the trash compactor. And he's screaming into that little salt and pepper
1: shaker, like three PO, (laughs) three PO. So
0: good. So good. (laughs) But, um, super stoked. You came back on the show to uh, talk about probably the biggest zeitgeist moment in pop culture in the longest time. So, I mean, thanks for doing it. Such short notice. Um, Always a pleasure to have you on the show. The force be with you. May the force be with you too. My name is Bob and this has been another episode of Bobcast.